world. So we're being of good cheer. Praise God. So I want to welcome to our broadcast. We are ministering on Mastering the Faith Contradiction, and this is our fifth Sunday at that. So if you're uh, in the middle of this this morning and you, didn't, you don't catch something, well, you can go back and review four, four ways. Plus, we're ministering on healing the sick on Wednesday night. And we're having good success with that. We had uh, 400 downloads last Wednesday. That's just, I, I, that is, that's amazing. That's just amazing. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for this good day. And we, we are so blessed to be alive and healthy and whole today to proclaim the gospel and to hear the gospel. We ask you, Lord, for a transaction from heaven in our hearts that we'll see and know, and therefore we'll go. Lord, we need help. All of us need help. We thank you, Lord, you are the helper, and you're helping us by giving us your word, and we'll walk in it, and it'll be a blessing and an increase to our lives. We're excited about you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So turn in your Bible with me this morning. Let's get started to the book of 1 John. 1 John. Over there in, in uh, 1 John chapter 5. Let's just start this morning, when, since we're talking about faith, ministering on faith, let's just get this truth established from the beginning, that no matter what your expertise, no matter what your success, no matter what, what you're doing that's good and how you've come over things, nobody is ever strong that's not strong in faith. There it is right there. If you're not strong in faith, it doesn't really matter what's going on. Your money's right and your body feels good for today. Uh, for years, I thought that I was in faith about my body. Come to find out I was just young. Hallelujah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> and uh, so you got to get strong in faith. All of us have to be strong in faith. Uh, uh, we all uh, in our church family experienced a tornado uh, yesterday. You just got to be ready for that. There's one. There's something coming all the time. And you can't wait until it comes and say, well, uh, let's see, let's, uh, let's brush up on that. We all have to be ready. Amen. So when you're strong, that means you're strong in faith. In 1 John chapter 5, look in verse 4, the word bears this out. It says, for whatsoever is born of God, that'd be somebody that's born again, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Point yourself with me and say, I, I. overcome the world. If you're born of God, you're a world overcomer. And everybody wants to tell their story about how hard it is and how tough it's been and, and how they're a victim and, and it just didn't go in their way and, and poor pitiful me. Well, that's, that's, uh, that may be your experience, but that's not who you are. The Bible says, He that overcometh the world, excuse me, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory. The word actually there is the word Nike. In the Greek, hallelujah, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So we're, we're going to win because we're in faith. Not because it's our time, not because we've taken so much. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, the odds are we're going to have a victory. No, it's because we get in faith. And you'll win every time if you'll get in faith. The word faith there is simply translated in other uh, places, persuasion. Even our persuasion, even our conviction, even our assurance. It's also translated strong confidence. So whatever you're strong in, if you're strong in the word, if you're strong in faith, 
well, then you're going to have a victory. You're going to overcome the world. So the Bible says here that your faith is your victory. Your faith is your victory. Not how much you make. That's how the world would measure your victory. Not getting debt free. You hear people say, oh, praise God, I got the victory. I'm debt free. Well, you know, you can be under the bridge and be debt free. You, 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 you can be in the soup line and be debt free. Uh, it's not getting a bad report and then suddenly, ooh, I'm believing God for the good report or, I'm, or I got a good report. That's not, that's not it. It's if you're in faith about it. Because, you know, one thing about uh, getting prayed for and getting healed is it's not a vaccination. Anything you get healed of can come again. But your faith makes you strong and it can't come again. It's not living your dream. Lots of us are living our dream. We're, we're out there, but that doesn't give you the victory. Being in faith gives you your victory. It doesn't mean having perfect kids, whatever those are. Whoever's lying and saying, I have perfect kids, uh, your pants are on fire. It's not having a hundred friends and, you know, all this. It's, it's faith. So you can, you, can be, you can be tenuous in a lot of areas in your life and be strong in faith and always have the victory. Jesus, or heaven, measures us by the victory. And we know that in this world, this, this uh, temporal world, this seen world, there's two forms of power. One of them's money. If you got money, you're going to have some, some influence. Or if you have power, if you're in a high position, it's going to be the currency of this world. It's going to be how you do business. If I got money, if I got power, I can just say, hey, do this, and hey, go there, and I want this, and I want that, and it'll happen for you. But none of that makes any difference in the heavenly realm. The heavenly currency is faith. When you speak to the mountain, and there were some folks speaking to the mountain, the storm yesterday, and telling the, the mountain, just like Jesus, peace be still. And that's what happened. Uh, uh, Barry told me that... Uh, said they had a tree leaning against their house. But he said his neighbor had a tree in his house. And so faith is the victory. Praise God. We know, you know this, that right now in, in the culture that we're in, there's a lot of uh, emphasis on worship and having a, a team of worshipers in church and everybody is watching them and moving with them. But you know, in the kingdom of God, everybody has to worship God on their own. You can't hitchhike somebody else's worship, you know. Oh, I just get so blessed when I watch somebody else worship. Or, you know, I just love how they do it. Or I, I really like that song. You know, worship, you have to have it on your own. You have to own your own worship. Is that right? And on, on, this, on the other hand, uh, everyone has to walk in their own faith. It's great to have help, and oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, that there's help for our faith. When we're young, when we're little, when we're weak, God sends someone. But eventually, eventually, you have to parlay your own faith and get your own uh, transaction from heaven. Certainly, to get born again, you got to have it on your own. Nobody can get you born again, can they? Nobody can get you filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and I noticed that a lot of people get healed with other people's faith, for a season, but then it seems like the Lord wants you and I to grow up in our faith and to transact heaven on our own. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. It's just uh, right there 
from where you are in 1 John, Hebrews chapter 11. Let's look at a familiar scripture, and let's talk about faith. Faith is easy. Children can have faith. Children can transact faith. So it's not because you have a, uh, a scholarly uh, education about the scriptures, or you know a lot, or you can quote a lot. It's really that you believe God. Faith is simply putting truth in until truth has to go out. You put the word in, Romans chapter 10 says that faith comes or arises by hearing. So I can get in faith this afternoon. How about you? We can get in faith. Well, I got to climb every mountain. I got I to gotta tell God I'll never do that again. Or I got to tell God I'll do better. Well, that's all probably good, but it's not going to give you faith. Faith comes by hearing. So I can take this word and meditate it put it inside. I can speak the word. I can read the word and speak it. It'll go into my own born-again, regenerated spirit, and it'll rise up as faith. And when, when my faith comes to the place where my faith will speak, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says that we believed and therefore we spoke. So when your faith from down here in your born-again spirit man, when it can speak on its own, when it can say, bless God, I'm not putting up with that, or, or we're not, we, we, we take authority over sickness or whatever problem. When it speaks, instead of your head speak, you can speak out of your head, but it's information. It's not going to change anything. But when your faith speaks, then you know you've reached a threshold or a place where you can operate or transact faith. So all we got to do is get in the Word. Hear the Word. Hear the Word. You're getting faith this morning. And, you know, and... If you're hearing the word, there's a place for transacting it. Well, so we have to settle the faith contradiction. The, tr- the contradiction of faith is simply this, is that we're seeing one thing, but reality is another thing. And we, we want to see it. We want to touch it. We want to measure it. I believe God for the money, and the money hasn't come yet. Did, did it happen? Where, where's my money? Where's my healing? Where's my issue? If there's, a tr- there's a contradiction. There's a disparity. And we have to know what realm it's in before we can say it didn't come or it did. Here in Hebrews chapter 11, look in verse 1. Here's the definition, the Bible definition of faith, or one of many, but certainly this is the standard. Let's read it together. Verse 1, ready, read. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So here we see that there's the contradiction, the contradiction, the the disparity is explained. He said it's a substance. It's real. It's something. Even if you can't see it, it's real. We know wind is is real, but you can't see wind. There's a lot of things. I can't see your brain, but I'm assuming you and I have one. Amen? And so there's a substance of faith, but it's not always seen or perceived. So it's a substance, and it's the, things, it's the, it's the evidence of things hoped for. The word uh, uh, substance there is translated in one place, evidence. So let's read it that way. Now, faith is the evidence of things of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things hoped for. Well, not all of the evidence is seen. Not all evidence is in the natural realm. And my eyes, my, my senses are all in this natural realm. 
But faith is not of the natural realm, and so it may have an evidence or a proof that's not evident in here. I don't know how sound goes through walls. I know light can't go through walls, but sound can. You can stand on the other side of that wall, and we can holler at you, and you'll know exactly what we said. Uh, we know x-rays and all sorts of things go through walls. Our telephones all operate in here. But there's a big old roof and with a ceiling and, and beams in it, and it just somehow goes through all that. So we know not everything is stopped by what, what we see. The Word says here, uh, it's, faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Then it says the evidence, which is the word proof. So let's read it that way. Let's put these words in there. It makes it a little clear. Now, faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the proof of things not seen. So there's a proof there that's not seen. And that proof or that conviction is another way to say it, is something that's inside that we know in our knower. We know in our knower. Well, show me what you know in your knower. Well, I, you can't see it. You can't touch it. Well, how do you know it's real? Well, I know in my knower. I know down in here it's real. It's, it's true. And so now here's an interesting word. It, let's read through this again. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. One translation, the dictionary I looked it up, says that word seen can be translated heeded. So let's look at that. The evidence of things not heeded. So you could even have something that's, that everybody sees. We believe there's a proof there. There's a conviction. But for some reason, like Thomas, you just refuse to say yes to it. All the disciples said when they saw the Lord Jesus, He came. He's here. He's alive. He's risen. And Thomas who had believed them and believed everything about this gospel, he said, I won't believe. I won't heed what you testify about, even though you've seen it and I trust you, I will not heed it. Sometimes that's a problem for people in their faith, is they just, you just can't convince them. They've made up their mind, they've heard it this way, they've believed it that way, and mama said it was this way, and grandpa did it that way, and our, our denomination says it's this way, and that's the way it's going to end up. And you won't have faith. Your faith won't work, even though it's right there in front of you and everything's going. So here's, here's a definition. Here we take this definition. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance can only be proven in one realm. But there's two realms. There's the seen realm and there's the unseen realm. How can you prove that you're born again? Well, there's no evidence. There's no documentation. Heaven didn't send you in the heavenly mail. An angel didn't come by and said, this is proof, and this is a certificate. This is the document that says you're born again. And so how do you know? Well, you just know down here there's evidence in here that can't be brought out here. Well, we have to take that to other realms, and we have to work it that way. So it's, it's in there, you're born again, you're spirit-filled, you're, you're healed, whole, and healthy, you're full supplied and wealthy, but there's no corroborating physical or natural evidence that bears it up. And it's hard on folks. Now, people say, 
They say, I want, I'm waiting on the manifestation. Let's talk about that just for a moment. A lot of folks are waiting on the manifestation. In other words, they've uh, taken Mark eleven twenty three and said, Jesus said, speak to the mountain, say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea. Does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So they take that, he shall have, which is absolutely true. But concerning healing, for instance, or finances, some people pray one time. Well, who knows if you're in faith about it? So I've prayed, maybe y'all have, where I prayed and I thought I was praying out of my spirit, but actually I was praying out of my head. I wasn't in faith. I just was, I was bird dogging it. I was on it. I was hoping. I was, it was, it, I needed to get this thing started and I didn't have time to meditate the word and get in faith and bring a conviction, a proof, an assurance, a full confidence down here. But I knew it in my head. Y'all know that by his stripes we were healed. Y'all know that he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. But knowing it up here is not faith down here. And so this has to be saturated. This has to be overwhelmed. Your spirit man has to be fully convinced. It has to, be, it has to arise and say, I've got a voice of my own even though it's contrary to what you can see and feel and, and, uh, and, uh, and account, this is how it is. And when you have that, it works. Well, suppose that you didn't have that, but you spoke to the mountain, and you were, so you, were not gonna, you weren't going to pray again because you, you prayed, you said, you spoke to the mountain, but nothing's happening. Well, that wouldn't be uncommon for nothing to happen, but John G. Lake did this. He had healing rooms for five years in Spokane. And he would tell his workers that would bring people to the healing rooms, he said, uh, when they come in, make them sign a form that they will come back every day for 30 days. And the evidence was after five years, everybody that signed it and came back and got prayer on Tuesday, and got hands laid on them on Thursday, and got the word put in them on Friday for 30 days, in five years they were 100%. Say all of it. It was all of it. Everybody got what they came for. But people that just got the one-shot Johnny, just uh, they laid hands on them one time, sometimes they did get healed. Woo-hoo, praise God. It doesn't take a lot. It, we don't always know why it takes more than once. But sometimes you got to have another shot of the life of God. you got to have another shot of the power of God. you got to have a new impartation. Maybe, maybe when they laid hands on you, it was like Brother Hagin used to say, it was like laying empty hands on empty heads. There wasn't anything going on. You were in a form. Lots of people think they're born again, and they just went down to the front of the church and told the preacher, I want to miss hell, I, wanna, I want Jesus, or whatever it is. And, and, and he proclaimed them born again because they went through a form. But we know that you're not born again until you're born again. And if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. It didn't matter what form you were in. The eleven could have got out of the boat with Peter, but they all stayed down low. And watched from a distance. So, there's a contradiction. There's a disparity. 
there's a discrepancy between what we have down here and what we see out there. And the thing that's hardest on all of us is time. We want the thing to happen. Well, sometimes you just got to be willing to go back and visit it again. It wouldn't be that God was short on power, that he was busy, like, well, I was real distracted right then. I had a big war over here, and I, got, I had a cholera epidemic over here, and I didn't get that prayer. It wasn't that. He's always on. He's always on. So it would be us down here. And you'd say, well, God, can't you just make up the gap? It, the kingdom doesn't work that way. He wants you and I to be involved with our faith. Faith is always involved. So here's the faith discrepancy. We're trying to get comfortable with time, not too much time on our faith and our senses. We want to have a little evidence. I want to see that we're making progress. I've had it, maybe you have too, where you went in after you had prayer and you went in and had a, went back to the doctor or went to the clinic and they would tell you not only is it not better, it might be worse. And you're like, well, what's that all about? Well, you just have to, you can't pay any attention to that. People are always asking me, pray for me that I'll have the good report. I get that prayer request a lot. Pray for me that we'll get the good report. Well, the report has nothing to do with anything. You could have the good report, but you could have the bad report, and then you could have, it doesn't matter, what is is what is, and you've got to lock it in with your faith, because faith knows. If faith knows any, does anything, it knows. And so it's not moved by time, it's not moved by the bad report, it's not moved by things that are contrary, it's not moved by the senses, faith knows. So if someone says, well, uh, uh, I want you to pray for me, I, I'm thinking about taking a mission trip or something, and you get, that, you get that back, you go back to them and say, well, God's not in that, for some reason, you would know that, and uh, they, they would, they'd say, well, are you sure? Well, I get no witness. I get nothing in me that would bear witness that would agree with that. Now, why would they get mad? Why would they get upset? If, if uh, I remember when the Lord told us to come to Alabama from Texas, there wasn't anybody in my boat. <laughs> there wasn't anybody saying, yeah, son and brother and son-in-law, you just go, you go to Alabama. We, we, we're tired of you a little bit anyway, so we, you just head out. No, everybody said, you stay right here. But faith knows. And so we had to load up that big old U-Haul and head out this way. You can't be talked out of it. So it's, it's not something you can do. So here's the thing. Whatever is formed inside of us, it's called faith, but whatever's formed inside of us will eventually be seen, and it won't take 20 years. There's no such thing as waiting on the manifestation for 20 years. Or two years. Amen? <laughs> Excuse me. I knew that was coming. Because faith, when, it's, when faith is formed, when faith arises, it creates. Sometimes it stops. Peace be still. Sometimes it turns things. They're going one way, and faith turns it. I remember in December of 2000, that tornado was coming over from Inglewood, coming over the, from the southwest, coming straight towards Hinton Place where I lived. And uh, Eric and I stepped out the back door, and we saw it. We saw the thing coming. And uh, we spoke to it. I spoke to it. Hallelujah. 
but I had my right-hand man. I had my co-pilot right there. And we spoke to that thing, and it went over our house, and it killed, ele- I hate to say this, but it killed 11 people. It was the deadliest tornado in, in that year. Killed 11 people in a park behind us. All sorts of destruction. All it did was throw a chair into our pool, uh, a little plastic chair. Well, faith turns things. It maneuvers things around. There was that tornado in, in Columbus yesterday. Somebody went out there and turned it. Well, how come some people got hurt and some people didn't? Well, you've got to speak to the storm. You've got to have something in here that will assault that and turn it around. And that's how it is. Turn with me to Mark chapter 2. We need to understand faith. It's simple. And if I'm doing anything, I'm going to simplify it if I'm going to help you with your faith. I need, I need this thing to be simple. I don't need 20 points. I don't need 17 maneuvers. I don't need a checklist that says, is this in? Is that right? Is, you know, I don't need a have you been good list to have to check off and like, well, I can't be in faith this month because I told a little fib or I didn't this, that, or the other. It's not based on that. You can get in faith instantly. So you do have a bad thing in your life and you're condemned. You're guilty. You just got to go to 1 John 1, 9 and you just got to deal with it. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you deal with it. You don't let, well, I just got in faith despite sin. No, you have to deal with it. But when you do, it's dealt with. In Mark chapter 2, look in verse 3. We're talking about the contradiction of faith. It says in verse 3, And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. So four guys were carrying one guy that had the palsy. It could have been any kind of palsy, uh, multiple sclerosis or cerebral palsy, whatever. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. Now let's just stop there and say, these boys were in faith. They knew if they could get them, him, the man, and their friend in front of Jesus, that there would be a change. That's faith. That's not like, well, what do you think? And what do you think? Well, we, we heard somebody said that last month somebody went in the roof and it No. They all came into agreement, including the man with the palsy. And it says they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus, what? Say it with me. Saw their faith. So faith can be seen. It's a conviction. It's an evidence. Amen? When he saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. So faith is what caused this man to get healed. Well, you say, well, it was the four guys that did it. No, this guy wasn't going up the roof without being in faith. He was in faith about this, and he believed when he got let down, he would be in front of Jesus, that it would happen for him. Turn over there, slip over to Mark chapter 4. Let's look in verse 27. Let's see. No, that's not right. I'm sure of it. Uh, Let's, let's, uh, I know where this is. Just a moment, just a moment. Mark chapter 5, verse 27. There we go. A little better. Those typos will get you sometimes. Hallelujah. And when she, so we're talking about the woman with the issue of blood. She had a problem for years and years. It was a chronic thing. You know, things that are chronic will wear you down because you think I've had it so many long. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press. 
So there was a crowd behind and touched his garment. Now she came in the press behind because it was illegal to do what she was doing. When you have any kind of blood or anything going back then, you had to be segregated. You had to be taken out of the camp no matter who you were. And so uh, actually the, the chief priest could have had her arrested and uh, stoned in public instantly. So, so sometimes your faith is on the line, but she'd been, she'd been chronic for a long time. She didn't care. Life was not worth living without being healed. So she, she touched his garment. Well, so we should all go touch his garment. No. What, in verse 28, qualified touching his garment? For she said, so faith was speaking, wasn't it? She said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. So it's up to you. Your faith is up to you. If you say, bless God, I'm going to church today, and I'm going to get, I'm going to get somebody to lay hands on me or, or pray for me, and I'm going to be healed this morning. Now, that's not coming out of your head. That's, we'd all do that if, if that would work every time. But you have a conviction. You have an evidence. You have a proof down here that said, this is my time. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to apply the word, and I'm going to get someone to transmit power, and it's going to come into me according to the word of God, and it's going to happen today. She said, if, for she said, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. And, uh, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed uh, of that plague. The word felt there is really more t- better translated the word know or settled. She settled in her body. It's not what you feel because she could have felt nothing. Have y'all ever had prayer and felt nothing? Like in N-O-N-E, none. was. There was nothing going on. But you have it settled inside. It happened. I got it. This is ended right here. You got to have that. You can't be dumb as a rock. You can't be just standing there like a stump and just say, well, whatever, whatever. It's going to be whatever. You're going to have to make the lap again and come back and get prayer. There has to be a conviction inside. It can't be like you saw four people go up and get prayer and they all got healed. And you said, I'll take a little dab of that. I'll take me a little piece of that. No, you've got to, you've got to have a settling inside where the faith uses your mouth and speaks versus your head using your mouth and speak. You've got to have something down here that, that, uh, that goes out. Now, Peter... Uh, he, he had a conviction. Remember Peter on the, when uh, Jesus was walking on the water and the 12 were in the boat? Jesus, everybody was afraid because they thought it was a spirit. And finally Peter said, Master, speaking to the Lord Jesus, if it be thou, bid me come. Well, we know it was him, and so he said, come. And so Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. When did the water support him? Well, when the water in Peter's mind or his heart became the word. He didn't walk on the water, although he was. He walked on the word come. So when you get in faith, you're going to have a word inside of you that makes your case. She said, if I may but touch the hem of his garment. The, 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 the man on the stretcher said, if you will get me in front of him, I will be whole. It's not recorded. But obviously his faith was speaking because nobody goes up the side of a, a house on a gurney. Because, you know, you got to strap him down. He's got to hold on. I mean, this is, they're pulling him up. I don't know how they got him up there. But it was, it was quite a ride. It was the Himalayan <laughs> or, or the whatever. 
Hallelujah. Somebody said they had, uh, uh, they had, uh, uh, well, I better not tell that joke. I'll, I'll mess it up. But it was funny as it could be. What'd you have for supper? We had Himalayan. It's coming home and I saw it on the road. Ah, well, praise God. At least I won't tell you who told me. Praise God. So, so, but you say, well, the 11 could have got out of the boat and walked. No, none of them were going to be walking on the word. As soon as they hit the water, they were going to be six feet under. Blood, blood. But they could have gotten faith the same way he did. They, they could have all said, well, Master, bid me come too. Bid me come. Matthew and Thaddeus and Levi could have all said, bid me come also. But they all said, we're going to just watch this. So they didn't have a conviction in there. Let's go back to Hebrews. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11 where we just were. Praise God. Faith is simple. Faith is easy. This is not hard. But it is got some basics in it that cannot be violated, that cannot be, uh, um, what would you say? You can't be lazy about them. It's got a few things that have to be on point. We talked about last week how the new birth, you have to be on point. You can't just say, well, I think God is, Jesus is the Son of God, and I think he did what they said. You've got to be on point. You've got to be where you say, the Bible says in Romans 10, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus. So right there you can see that it's going to take more than a casual and, and uh, passive observation like me too. I believe I'll take a little fire insurance. No, you're going to have to consider the cost of making Jesus Lord. So that's a more than a one-day pass that you get. You have to go in there and make a conviction, uh, make a commitment based on conviction. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, we just looked at verse 1. Faith is the substance. Verse 3 says, through faith. So this is something that's not seen. It's not something we can feel or rationalize. Through faith, we understand. We understand. We have a knowledge. We have an intimate knowing. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, the spoken word of God. Now, you all remember that in Genesis where God said, light be, and all that. He spoke it, and it was. Well, what did he use to form the worlds? He said, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen, so he's talking about everything now, which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I looked in the Amplified, and it says... Uh, of that last part says, so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. So when you go to build a house, you go and get your lumber together and get your shingles together and pull your windows in and have the concrete truck come. And it's all things which are seen and everything can be pointed to. Well, where's your concrete? I got a bill for concrete on this house. Well, look over here. Here's the concrete. Well, where are all these shingles? Well, they're on the roof. You can, you can inventory that. But the things in the Spirit are not that way. They're made of things which are not seen. Now, I know that seems obvious, and everybody ought to be able to get past that, but we don't. The New Living says that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So it's a mystery. Now, this mystery, we talked about it last week, and I brought it back this week. I got my jar of dirt. This is bona fide Alabama dirt. That does not mean it's good dirt. It just means it's, 
It is dirt. And I brought back my apple, which is a miracle, because I really wanted one this week. And I brought back my carrot, which is not a miracle, because I never want one of these. So I got my carrot, and I got my apple. Now here's the point, and y'all know this is true. We just accept it. There's more faith involved in what I'm going to tell you then than anybody's ever exercised in the spiritual realm. But I want to tell you that there is a banana in this jar. There's a coconut in here. There's certainly an apple and an orange, a grapefruit and a lemon in this jar. Would anybody like to have a free sample? I got spoons over here. We can all taste that good coconut taste. No, we know that's not true. There's a contradiction here because we cannot see the apple in here. Here's the apple. This apple, whatever process you believe went into the forming of this apple, I promise you it was formed, it was created, it, was com it is entirely comprised of things that were in this dirt. Not this dirt, but some dirt. It's all the same. Dirt's dirt. This apple has, except for sunshine and water, which are both pretty non-tangible, since water evaporates, this apple was formed completely out of the seen, the unseen elements of this dirt. Now, what caused this dirt to be dominated and overpowered and commandeered that it would yield precisely and in the same measure every time, whether you had West Texas dirt, Alabama dirt, you had North Dakota dirt, whatever dirt you want to have, dirt from everywhere will always yield the same precise Fuji apple if there is a Fuji seed put in the dirt. That little seed, and I could take a bite of it and take it out, and you'd know exactly what I'd show you. It's a little bitty punk. It's just a little bitty guy, the seed in an apple. Uh, carrots, I meant to look it up. I don't even know what they look like. But they're way little. I know that uh, celery seeds are real, real little. You know, they cook with them. But I don't know what makes sense a carrot seed. But it's little. Y'all know that. It's got some sort of bloom that comes up out of the tassel, the tassel or whatever, and makes that. But anyway, the sprinkle is the same. The seed in this apple, or its mother, or its father, or something, was put into this dirt and took over the dirt. Completely commandeered. The, the, the dirt could could uh, fight back, it could resist, it could say no, it could say, I, I want to grow bananas, I want to grow uh, cotton, but the seed came in and was fierce and said, no, we will be growing apples out of this dirt. Now, what, what's in this dirt? I don't know. There's uh, chemicals, there's elements, there's all sorts of things that's in all dirt, and certain dirt is rich in nitrogen and rich in other things and depleted in other. But it doesn't matter. It will give up whatever's in here to make this. We all know this, but we, their point is there, that if we can take a parable of what we can see and know and understand, then we can transact over to faith and say, that's not even a stretch. I can get that out of the natural realm. So if we take faith, turn with me uh, to... Uh, 1 Peter 1, let's look and see what the Word says about this. You're fixing to understand faith in a, in a way. I mean, you already do, but let's document it. Let's document what we think. 1 Peter chapter 2, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 1. 
Let's look in verse 23. This dirt doesn't even look good. I mean, some dirt, you know, as a kid, you might eat some dirt, but I don't think any kid would eat this dirt. It, it looks plenty nasty. But I could take this apple to task. In this form, this dirt looks awesome. This is a good matter of fact. If we go much longer, this thing could disappear. Hallelujah. It says in verse 23, look, 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 look. Peter says, being born again. So he's talking about the new birth, isn't he? Being born again. How are we born again, Peter? Not of corruptible seed. Say that with me. Seed. But of incorruptible. The word corruptible simply means decay. And incorruptible obviously means immortal or undecayable. So being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. Did he just say there that the word of God was a seed? Did he just make that jump and say the word of God is a seed? I'll read it again. We'll get it being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. So we could say, being born again of incorruptible seed. Isn't that what it says? By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So right there we have proof. The Bible says of itself, the word says of itself, that it is a seed. Well, now seeds are only good to be put into soil of some kind, some sort of media that it can dominate, it can conquer, it can rule over, it can take uh, 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 control. That's what seeds do. Seeds are meant to produce fruit. That is the end of every seed is to produce fruit. So what if you took the word of God, which is a seed, and you planted it? Planted it. What would it do? Well, if it was planted where it could grow, then it would produce what every seed does. It would produce itself. So if I put the healing seed, by his stripes ye were healed, and put it in the soil of my heart, my regenerated, born-again spirit man, and I put it in there, and I planted it. How would I plant it? The Word talks about uh, uh, your, your mouth planting. The sower sows the Word. Excuse me. The sower sows the seed, and then it says the sower sows the Word. So it is talking about planting, and the way we plant anything is with our mouth. Uh, you put it in with your mouth. Your heart, your regenerated, a born-again spirit, hears what you and I say, not our ears, but hears it down here, and it believes what we say. So if we say, that just scared me to death, or I don't, uh, you know, that uh, we, we, we put negative things out of our mouth, our heart begins to believe it. And we become fearful, we become uh, conscious of things that... Uh, that we believe suddenly based on our own conversation. But if we put the healing word in our spirit, man, and plant it there and nurture it, don't, don't pick it up, don't dig it out, don't check on it, but just put it in there and let it grow and let it be nurtured. It will always produce. Let me tell you about Pastor West's mother. Uh, Doris West helped him start his church. She was in his congregation and... Uh, in 1998, she was in the congregation when 1998. He, he was just he was just starting out, 
And he's, he was ministering. And suddenly she fell out of her seat into the floor. And she died. She died in church. They called 911. And they were coming and they came and they, they, you know, they did all the stuff. And they said, she's gone. And Pastor West, just young in the Lord, cleared a space around his mother. And he began to talk to her like she was alive and said, you, you come back. You come back in the name of Jesus. And he bound the spirit of death, and he took control of her, uh, of her life. And she came back, and she coughed, and she came back, and she was alive. Well, her story later, she knew where everybody, she, she said, she related that she came out of her body through her mouth, and she was hovering, her spirit man was hovering in the room. And she knew where her daughter was. She knew what her son had said to her. She knew where uh, her son-in-law, she knew where everybody was in the room. She could tell them, even though she was not there the whole time, she knew where everybody was. And she came back into her body, and she, she lived. Well, uh, she recovered, but in one area. She could not see out of her right eye. Could not see. It was... She, it was uh, from what I understand, I may be getting this a little off, but basically she had no vision in her right eye. She already didn't have good vision in either of them. She wore glasses like a lot of us do, but she had no vision in her right eye. So she began, after she recovered, she began to plant the word. And every day she would get up and she'd put her hand on her right eye, her right eye, the one that was gone, and she would say, in the name of Jesus... I plant the word anew, by his stripes I was healed, and she spoke recovery and sight to her eye. Well, one day, uh, Pastor Eric went over to see his mother. She just lived a quarter mile up the road. And she said, I got to go to the doctor because my glasses have just gone bonko. Uh, I can't see out of them. So he hauled her up there, and he said, uh, the doctor said, Ms. West, your right eye is 20-20. 2020, she had spoken the word into her eye and planted it as a seed, and it had produced exactly what the seed was. And uh, she said, well, uh, he, he said, how's your left eye? She said, it didn't change a bit. Come to find out, she'd only spoke to that eye. And she only had that eye that turned 2020. She had to wear glasses on that one. You think God's not a little precise and a little bit specific? So you have what you say. You plant it, it comes up, and that's the way it is. So there's an apple and a carrot in this jar. And I'll tell you, there's a victorious man, there's a wealthy man, there's a healing man in this heart, in this soil, in this regenerated spirit. Point to yourself and say, I got it all too. See, but you got to plant a seed. Everything you need, healing is in you already. Everything, everything for a carrot's in here. Everything. Well, we got to add carrot stuff. We got no. That would be things that are seen. You can't see a carrot in here, but it's in here. If we'll just put a carrot seed in here, you will find a carrot. Give me some time. Sometimes faith takes time. Well, I want it now. Well, we're we're creating things, and as you get the process going, it'll it'll speed up. When I was farming, I farmed for 10 years. Uh, we knew about cottonseed. 
if we had a, if we planted in April and first frost didn't typically come until October 31st or November 3rd, somewhere in there, we knew if we planted in April, we had 160 days. Well, the more days you have, the more time there is for cotton, certain varieties, they'll produce lots of lint. But if you plant a really long day cotton and you don't give it enough time, one year it frosted October 8th, you won't make anything. So it's a chance you take. But if you have a regular season. But if you, if you get blown out or it rained or it hailed out or something and you don't get to plant until June 5th, well, you're missing 40 days. You better go get you some Rylecott 90. It won't make as much, no matter how you treat it, but it'll be done, it'll finish by October 31st. Whereas the other, if it doesn't finish, it makes nothing. It's all green bowls, you know, like green tomatoes. It's, there's nothing there. So we would know to plant according to how many days we had in the expected har uh, season. Well, as you and I get faster putting the word in, we get more adept at planting the seed precisely. The word talks about in Mark chapter uh, 4 about uh, how one seed was planted and it was planted shallow and it didn't have a depth of soil. And so when it rose up, it had no root in itself and it got scorched by the sun. Well, that's the way a lot of times we plant our own seed. We plant our, the word into our heart and we just we plant it lightly. Well, yeah, by stripes I was healed. Well, you know, uh, given it'll be given to you, I have it. And we plan it flippantly or casually. Are y'all getting this? Instead of like a farmer that says, you know, this seed costs 25, this seed costs $200 a bag, and this land costs $1,000 an acre, and I only get one crop per season, I better plan it carefully. I better one-shot Johnny, I better get it in there right, instead of just throwing it out there. Christians, faith people. We should plant our seed carefully. We should nurture it. We should hoe out the weeds. We should get out the stones that Mark chapter 4 talks about. We should uh, not plant it by the wayside where the birds can get it. We should pay attention. Because if you want a carrot out of this, you're going to have to plant a carrot seed. And if you want healing out of this, the belly, the regenerated part, not your head, you're going to have to plant the seed and you're going to have to nurture it. But how hard is that? Because we're planting seed in our heart every day of some kind anyway. I will probably not make it this year. It'll, we'll probably have bills just like I will probably get the flu this year. We'll probably lose our job this year. We plant those seeds in our heart, and our heart doesn't know it's not the Word of God. It just knows that it heard you say it, plant the seed, and it starts growing whatever's there. This dirt will grow a fine weed, really good weed. The same as it will this. Good weeds are in here. I've had weeds in my field that I could not pull up. They were big as a baseball bat, and you just couldn't pull them up. You had to go get a hoe and just chop it down. Well, there's been some weeds in my life, I don't know about y'all, that I planted, and, and I just ignored them like, ah, that doesn't matter, and it did matter, and it just about put me out of business. Y'all know those seeds, mistakes we made, plant things we planted, and we didn't know that there was, a, there was soil there, and it just about got us. So, this is not hard. If, if you will give, if you will let God's Word come into your, in, into your heart until it can speak, you have to meditate it, you have to talk it, 
You have to deny the contradiction. Well, I've been talking healing for a long time, and I still feel bad. You, you, can't, you can't say that. You just got to say, I'm talking healing. I'm talking healing. Well, how do you feel? It doesn't matter how I feel. This thing isn't measured by my senses. This isn't measured by what I feel, what the doctor says, by the report. The word of God is true, and a true seed planted will grow a true crop, and you'll have it. Now, how hard is that? It's not hard at all, but you got to know what it is, and you got to be precise. you got to plant the seed of the word of God. It will always grow. Will it have resistance? Will the weeds come in? you got to hoe them out. Symptoms come, you got to hoe them out. A big bill comes in, you didn't expect it on your, on your goal to be in debt free or to be in, uh, you got to hoe them out. Ah, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. The word is greater than this. It doesn't matter. And you just go on. But if you sit there and pay lots of attention to it and worry about it and what are we going to do and I didn't expect this and where's God? I thought God would this and I thought God would. God's just watching the seed just like you and me. He has nothing to do with this other than making you the good ground and putting his good seed in your hand, in your mouth. Amen? All right. We got it. Say, I got it. The contradiction of faith. We're balancing the seen and the unseen. And we're spiritual people, and we know what to do. Amen. So I want to thank you for tuning in this morning on the contradiction of faith. Y'all be blessed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Who'll give a dollar and a half for this apple this morning? <laughs> twelve cents will get the carrot. <laughs> I've got twelve cents. I'll give you twelve cents to eat the carrot. Amen. That's a gnarly looking carrot, but you know. Y'all, let's make something, ma'am. We didn't take the offering yet?